Bundle grip is also known as the first of Leopold's maneuvers. This is performed by placing both hands over the abdomen with the fingers placed around the fundus. The size, consistency, shape, and mobility is noted upon assessment. Let's get NCLEX ready! Hi, I'm Nurse Jojo, registered nurse and founder of Cutie Nurses. Join me as I break down the most difficult questions and share the tools that empowered over 1,500 students to crush the NCLEX exam. Each week, I'll share tips, reviews, along with a ton of resources to help you become a registered nurse and thrive. So step into the world of nursing with confidence at cutienurses.com start. If you are looking to master the NCLEX, and in particular the maternity section, this video is going to help make that happen. Remember, these flashcards are meant to complement your textbook, not replace them. I want to help you distill the vast amount of information into the essential that you'll need to recall. First, let's start with Hydatidiform Mole Flashcard. Hydatidiform mole is a degenerative anomaly of the chorionic villi, which is an abnormal pregnancy. It is a rare complication of pregnancy. Cartage is performed to completely remove all molar tissue. A non-viable fertilized egg implants in the uterus, so if there is an embryo, it will not survive. The tumor must be removed. I do not cram an entire page into the flashcard. I just keep it simple and to the point to help you remember important points for the NCLEX exam. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. 1. The 25 years old client was just informed that she is diagnosed with hydatidiform mole. Which of the following statement demonstrates the nurse's understanding of hydatidiform mole? A. Hydatidiform mole is a common complication of pregnancy. B. The embryo will not survive. C. Hydatidiform mole is a benign tumor that does not need to be removed. Or D. The embryo has a 75% probable chance of surviving. And the correct answer is B. The embryo will not survive. Rationale. Know that hydatidiform mole is a rare complication of a non-viable pregnancy. There is rarely a fetus, but if there is, then there is rarely a heartbeat. There is no probable chance of the embryo surviving. Hydatidiform is usually a benign tumor, but it can turn cancerous, so it does need to be removed. GTPAL flashcard. Gravita is the number of times the client got pregnant. T is termed birth, which is the number of times that baby has been born 37 plus weeks of gestation. P is preterm birth, which is the number of times a baby has been born between 20 and 37 weeks of gestation. A is abortion, which is pregnancy losses before 20 weeks. L is living children, which is the number of children that are living. The NCLEX could ask you what a pregnant client's GTPAL is, and you need to be prepared to categorize each pregnancy properly. Now let's apply what you just learned to the following question. 2. A 28-year-old female client is currently 10 weeks pregnant with no living children. 5 years ago, she had 2 miscarriages at 10 and 12 weeks gestation. 
What is her GTPAL? A, G3, T0, P2, A0, L0. B, G3, T0, P0, A2, L0. C, G1, T0, P2, A0, L0. Or D, G1, T0, P0, A2, L0. And the correct answer is B, G3, T0, P0, A2, L0. Rationale. G is gravida, which is the number of times she was pregnant. We can narrow the choices down to A and B because she was pregnant three times. T stands for term, which is the number of times a baby has been born at 37 weeks gestation. None of her pregnancy made it to term, so the total should be at zero. All four choices already have, have T and L at zero. L is the number of children that are living. So, to select A or B, you have to determine if her two miscarriages are considered P or A. P is the number of times a baby has been born between 20 and 37 weeks of pregnancy. A is pregnancy losses prior to 20 weeks. We know she had two miscarriages at 10 and 12 weeks, so we can conclude that the correct answer is B. Non-stress test flashcard. When performing a non-stress test, we want to see two or more fetal heart rate acceleration that exceed the baseline by 15 beats per minute or more and last longer than 15 seconds within a 20 minutes period. This non-stress test monitors the fetal heart rate and does not place stress on the fetus as the test is being performed. We want two or more fetal heart rate acceleration, which is a reactive non-stress test. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. 3. A 32-year-old pregnant client just had a non-stress test completed. The nurse noted that the results are 3 fetal heart rate acceleration of at least 15 beats per minute that lasted 15 seconds with fetal movement during a 20-minute period. What would the results be documented as? A. Non-reactive stress test. B reactive stress test, C, non-reactive non-stress test, or D, reactive non-stress test? And the correct answer is D, reactive non-stress test. Rationale, we can narrow down the answer to C and D because the non-stress test was completed. We will remove the choices that state stress test. If you forget about the flashcard, you can look at the question and note that the first sentence states that a non-stress test was completed. Now, we need to determine if this is a reactive or non-reactive. Three fetal heart rate acceleration of at least 15 beats per minute that lasted 15 seconds with fetal movements during a 20 minutes period sounds like the fetus is reacting to the non-stress test. You can conclude that the correct answer is D, reactive non-stress test. Contraindicated antibiotics during pregnancy flashcard. The antibiotics that should be avoided when pregnant are metronidazole, chloramphenicol, aminoglycoside, and tetracycline. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. 
Question 4. The nurse is about to administer an antibiotic to a 25 years old pregnant client. Which of the following antibiotic is safe to take during pregnancy? A. Azithromycin. B. Chloromyotin. C. Doxycycline. Or D. Tobramycin. And the correct answer is A. Azithromycin. Rationale. Azithromycin is one of the antibiotics that is safe to take during pregnancy from the macrolide family. If you did not know this, you have to complete the process of elimination as it was not one of the medications listed on the flashcard that is a contraindicated antibiotic to take during pregnancy. Now, Chloromyotin is from the chloramphenicol family. Note that they both start with the C-H-L-O-R beginning. Doxycycline is from the tetracycline family, so it is contraindicated. Note that they both end in cycling. Tobramycin is from the aminoglycoside family, so it is contraindicated. I can't really help you there, but you just need to remember that the ending of mycin usually indicates that the medication is from the aminoglycoside family. Placenta Previa Flashcard To manage placenta premia, ultrasound is performed every 2-3 to three weeks for fetal surveillance and bed rest. Marginal placenta premia is when the placenta implantation occurs in the margin of the cervical os. This means that the placenta is touching the cervix but not covering it. It does not cover the os. Low-lying placenta previa is when the placenta implantation occurs in the lower uterine segment and does not reach the cervical os. Question 5. The nurse is providing care for a 31-year-old female pregnant client. The placenta implantation is noted to be in the lower uterine segment. Which of the following should be performed for the client? A. Amniocentesis B. Non-stress test C. Ultrasound every two weeks in bed rest or D. CT scan And the correct answer is C. Ultrasound every two weeks in bed rest. Rationale First, note that this is a low-lying placenta previa when the placenta implantation is noted to be in the lower uterine segment. The placenta should attach at the top or the side of the uterus. If the placenta attaches in the lower part of the uterus, close to or over the cervical opening, then this is an abnormal finding called placenta previa. After noting that this is a low-lying placenta previa, the nurse should know what management would be done for the client. Amniocentesis is done for genetic testing and for fetal assessment. It would not be performed for placenta previa. Non-stress test is done to monitor fetal heart rate acceleration, which is irrelevant to monitoring the condition of placenta previa. CT scan would not be completed for placenta previa. Bed rest is recommended for the client and ultrasound is completed to diagnose and monitor a client for placenta previa. So the correct answer is C, ultrasound every two weeks and bed rest. First, a Leopold's maneuver. To determine the fetal position and presentation, the nurse performed Leopold's maneuver by palpating the maternal abdomen. Take a look at my first flashcard, first of Leopold's maneuvers. 
Bundle grip is also known as the first of Leopold's maneuvers. This is performed by placing both hands over the abdomen with the fingers placed around the fundus. The size, consistency, shape, and mobility is noted upon assessment. The other three maneuvers are in my flashcard set. So if you're interested in getting the entire set as well as the rest of my flashcard, you can come check them out at qdnurses.com start. I am so excited to continue reviewing maternity questions and answers. I would really appreciate it if you would just like this video, subscribe, and share with your fellow friends. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following questions. Question 6. The nurse is providing care for a pregnant client and is about to perform Leopold's maneuvers. Which of the four Leopold's maneuvers is used to determine the size, consistency, shape, and mobility of the fetus to identify the form? A. First maneuver B. Second maneuver C. Third maneuver Or D. Fourth maneuver And the correct answer is A. First maneuver Rationale. First maneuver is performed to assess the size, consistency, shape, and mobility of the fetus. Second maneuver is performed to determine the location of the fetal back. Third maneuver is performed to determine what fetal part is above the inlet. The fourth maneuver is performed to locate the fetus brow. RH status flashcard. If the mother is RH negative and the fetus is RH positive, then RH immunoglobulin must be given to the mother. To remember this, think of a fetus always being a positive thing. The mother attacking the fetus would be a negative thing. If the baby's blood mixes with the mother's blood, the mother's antibodies would attack the baby's RH positive blood. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. Question 7. The pregnant client has RH negative blood while the fetus has RH positive blood. The nurse understands that which of the following statement is true. A. RH immunoglobulin must be given to the fetus. B. RH immunoglobulin must be given to the mother. C. RH immunoglobulin must be given to both the fetus and the mother. Or D. RH immunoglobulin must not be given either to the fetus or the mother. And the correct answer is B. RH immunoglobulin must be given to the mother. Rationale. If the mother is RH negative and the fetus is RH positive, then the RH immunoglobulin must be given to the mother. The RH immunoglobulin would not be given to the fetus. If the mother is RH positive, RH immunoglobulin would not be need to be given. So now we're going to go on to the next flashcard, which is variable deceleration. Variable deceleration means that there is a possible obstruction to the fetal blood flow, which is usually caused by the cord compression. Variable decelerations are noted when the fetal heart rate decreases by 15 beats per minute or more, occurs for 15 seconds or greater, and the duration is less than 2 minutes. Usually, the nurse would adjust the mother's position. Now, let's apply what you just learned to the following question. 
Question 8. The nurse providing care for the pregnant client should understand the different types of deceleration and the signs and symptoms to watch out for. Which of the following deceleration is caused by cord compression? A. Pressure deceleration B. Late deceleration C. Early deceleration or D. Variable deceleration And the correct answer is D. Variable deceleration Rationale Variable decelerations are caused by cord compression. Pressure deceleration is not a type of deceleration. Early deceleration is caused by head compression. Late deceleration is caused by placental insufficiency. Now we're going to talk about FHR pattern flashcard. Fetal heart rate patterns can be noted by VL chop. Variable decelerations are caused by cord compression. Early deceleration is caused by head compression. It's not alarming if acceleration is noted, so that's why it says okay, no problem. Late deceleration is caused by placental insufficiency. Now let's apply what you just learned to the following question. Question 9. The nurse is providing care for a pregnant client and notes late deceleration when assessing the fetal heart rate. Which of the following is the cause of late deceleration? A. It is a normal finding. B. Cord compression. C. Placental insufficiency or D, head compression? And the correct answer is C, placental insufficiency. Rationale. I'll just restate what was on the flashcard because the rationale is based on that. If you can remember veal chop, you can attach the chop to the veal and recall the cause of each type of deceleration and acceleration. Variable decelerations are caused by cord compression. Early deceleration is caused by head compression. It's not alarming if acceleration is noted, so that's why it says, okay, no problem. Late deceleration is caused by placental insufficiency. And hearing this multiple times by now, I'm sure you're going to be a pro at this. So we're going to go on to the next flashcard, which is uterine contractions flashcard. Increment is the longest phase. Acne is the peak of contraction. Decrement is the letting down phase. Uterine contraction should be less than 90 seconds in duration when the patient is receiving oxytocin. Question 10. A nurse is providing education and teaching the nursing student how to measure contraction. Which of the following statements correctly demonstrate the nursing student's understanding of uterine contraction? A. Decrement is the peak of the contraction. B. Increment is the fall of the contraction. C. Acme is the start of the contraction. Or D. Decrement is the fall of the contraction. And the correct answer is D. Decrement is the fall of contraction. Rationale. Contractions are measured by the duration, intensity, and frequency. The nursing student should know that increment is the longest phase, which is the beginning or rise of the contraction. Acme is the peak of the contraction, and decrement is the letting down phase, which is the fall of the contraction. Incredible job diving into the world of maternity with us. You made it. You're not just preparing for the NCLEX, you're setting the foundation for your future in nursing. 
But our journey doesn't just end here. The path to mastery continues. And with each step, you're getting closer to your goal. So check out this next video to keep learning. You won't want to miss the tips and insights that could make all the difference on exam day. So stay on this path with us. Click on the next video and let's keep this momentum going. Together, we're turning the daunting into the doable one flashcard at a time. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay updated with our series and hit that next video button to continue your journey. Here's to your success in the NCLEX and beyond. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Want more tips and tricks for passing the NCLEX? Then be sure to check out cutienurses.com start. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. See you next week.